Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous Wednesday morning. And I uh, hope everybody had a good night's rest. Finally made it to good old hump day. So uh, halfway through the work week and uh, only got a few more days and back to the weekend. But I uh, hope everybody is woke up in a good mood and ready to go. And I uh, don't know about you, but last few days I have been so sleepy. I don't know what's going on. I've just been tired so maybe just part of getting old i don't know but uh let's see what we got here this morning um that miss jennifer honeycutt we got uh, christy lee Olives, brandy young ginger hood so appreciate you all tuning in and joining us this morning for our, starting our day off in the right direction well at this time let us stand and let us do our pledge of allegiance there we go Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Love seeing that pledge. Good morning, Darlene Barker. Glad you could tune in and join us this morning. And Lois Adams. You know, I, uh, of course, you know, always try to give a little political commentary to things I think are relevant and uh, I tell you what, it is, um, these liberals and Democrats, they, uh, they've lost their minds. You know, it just, it blew, <laughs> just you know, they, uh, here they all loaded up, act like it's the Civil Rights March of uh, with Martin Luther King. They loaded up in a private plane in Texas and flew to, uh, to uh, D.C. because they, they didn't like the, uh, they wanted to protest the uh, voters' registration. And, uh, you know, it, it, trying to say that it's uh, unconstitutional. Good morning, Tracy Little. Trying to say that it's uh, discriminatory or whatever. Uh, you know, uh, even the senators and such said how our voting uh, is very inclusive. And uh, I don't know why. It's about that word I just hate. But anyway, it's inclusive. And, uh, and it actually opens more doors the way it's set up. And here we got uh, this potato head running our country that uh, wants to uh, <laughs> compare it to Jim Crow, the Civil War. I mean, it's just, it's insane. And then they're singing off-key, we will overcome. <laughs> it just, <laughs> I mean, you watch this stuff, and I'm like, is this comedy hour? What is going on? I mean, it, it is crazy. And they're wanting to, um, you know, you shouldn't have to be able to, you shouldn't be able to vote after the the polls have closed at 2 a.m., see, it's, it's kind of going back to how they stole the election. I mean, they cheated their fannies off to win this, uh, uh, to beat Trump. They determined not to let him back in there, and uh, there's enough evidence in there to support that. It's not some wild conspiratorial uh, theory. It is uh, it's fact, but uh, uh, to compare it to Jim Crow and, and uh, uh, the Civil War is, is asinine, to say the least. But, you know, you have to show your identification. You know, I go to the, you have your driver's license or, you know, purchase alcohol or whatever it may be. You're voting for the next leader of our country. You should be able to have to show your identification. And, uh, but see, that's why they're trying to let all these illegals in, because guess what? They see votes. That's what, because they, they know if they allow them to come in, they're, they're, it's all about power, people. That's all this is about. This is all it boils down to is power, and that's what they want. And that's why when Trump's in office, you saw these uh, individuals uh, that uh, were, were 
turning their backs on Trump, being traitors. And it just goes back, I can't help but think of, uh, um, shoot, uh, <laughs> Braveheart, where uh, he, uh, where they were turning turncoated traitors for lands and titles, and that's kind of what it boils down to. And then you had this teacher, this professor, bringing up in front of everybody a white guy and a black guy and trying to talk about how the white guy has all this extra privilege, and he's the one that's going to get the job. It's baloney. That is baloney. The Equality Act of 1965 blows that out of the water completely. You can't hire them based on race, creed, or religion. And, of course, now they've thrown in that sexual orientation baloney. But, um, so, it's false. In fact, you know, I know this, uh, people may not agree, this might not be a popular thing to say. Quite frankly, they're more likely to hire the black guy over the white guy. And, I, and the reason why I can say that is because I know of a situation personally uh, of an individual, not second-hand information, I know of an individual. He was uh, about to, he knew he'd be promoted. Uh, he'd been with this uh, place for a long time, I don't want to say, because you all would know where I'm talking about and don't want to cause any problems but with this place. But he was, he was, he was supposed to be promoted as a professional, um, and uh, uh, he was ready when the, his, his boss retired. And got to find out, they said that they couldn't allow him to be promoted because they had to have a black woman. And even though they had no applicants, they had to go out and find somebody. And the one they hired wasn't even qualified for the job. So if you want to see racism, I mean, right there, uh, the white guy was one that was uh, one that was singled out. So, you know, it, there is racism that exists. It's always going to exist as long as there's hate in the world. But in our country, we have the most freedom. We have the we have the most uh, anti-racist uh, views of any other country in the world. We hired a uh, we, we we voted in a black man twice, you know. So you know, I'm just I'm just get get tired. I'm just, I'm just so tired of this whole race baloney. So tired of the homosexuality being shoved down on us. Tired of all this liberal power grabs. I'm just I'm done. And I think there's millions of others who have had it too. And uh, I'm telling you what, there's just days I'd feel like saying, Lord, please come back quickly, you know, so. All right, good morning, Timmy Peterson and Karen Smith. Appreciate you tuning in. Well, let's look at a verse this morning. Uh, of course, this one is Romans 14, 11, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Now, with that verse, I would like to go ahead, and of course, I'll be reading out, that was King James Version, uh, that verse of this. But I'm, wondering, I'm reading out an English Standard Version, and I like to read verses 7 through 11, uh, if I may, of Romans 14. It says, For none of us live to himself, and none of us die to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now, uh, we look at this, and you know, one of the things that probably may stand out on this is particularly when we look at um, uh, verse 10. This is, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Now, there may be people out there who says, aha, see, the Bible says that we should not judge, all right, because uh, we're often thrown, that's, that's the, the one thing that tries, the people, when they're condoning uh, sinful action, 
that's the first thing they want to throw out. I tell you, you're not supposed to judge. That's what the Bible says: uh, judge not, uh, or you be judged yourself. You know, and uh, of course they always misquote it for one. Uh, and but the heart of this is what we're looking at here. Paul's not saying that you're not supposed to judge. He said, well, wait a minute, he just said it. He's talking about you're not to judge about non-essential matters is what he's referring to. He's not talking about essential doctrine, all right, sinful things that go against the Ten Commandments, go with things that are an abomination in the sight of God. Those kind of things, those doctrinal essentials, we are to judge. But in regards to non-essential, like what day you want to serve the Lord, you know, don't hold one day over the other. You know, you know, traditionally, we always hold services on Sunday. And, of course, I discussed this in our studies in Deuteronomy because that's the day that Christ was erected. So most people will celebrate that on Sunday. Or there's some out there who celebrate on Saturday at the end of the week. But whatever day you set aside for the Lord, it's not to hold one over the other or, or something, you know, or something else that, you know, don't eat foods to idols or whatever it may be, you know. Uh, obviously, that's not a concern for us today, but back then. But non-essential things is what he's talking about in regards to judging. And uh, so, you know, because you always hear that. You know, when I think about judging, there's a story I read one time about uh, this little boy coming into a uh, uh, restaurant or, I don't know, like a diner, I guess. And he said, how much for uh, a Sunday?" And she said 50 cents. And she was really agitated. She had a lot of better customers. She knew he was going to give her a good tip. And so she's like, come on, kid. You know, let's hurry this up. And he's sitting there. He's got his change. And he's counting it. She said, he said, how much for a regular ice cream? She said, she said 35 cents. Just please, you know. She, he said, well, he counted out that change. And laid it down on the counter. And uh, she gave him a, uh, an ice cream and a plate for him like he wanted. Well, she, uh, after he left, she'd come up to clean off the table and looked, and he left uh, uh, two nickels and uh, five pennies. He actually had enough for the Sunday, but he wanted to spare her to give her a little bit of a tip. And, you know, and it kind of goes back to saying don't judge a book by its cover. And I, I've seen that myself several times. When I waited tables, there'd be those come in with very well-to-do, and I think, man, I bet I'll get a good tip on this one. <laughs> I can't believe you squat. I've had people come in, they only had two pennies rubbed together, and leave me the best tip I ever had, you know. And uh, just like one time I was having a yard sale, and uh, I had this uh, love seed that I had purchased at Zach's, and it wasn't that old, and uh, I just didn't have a use for it anymore. And in fact, I had like, I think I had like $300 on it. Mom was like, you'll never get rid of that. I'll never sell it for that. Sure enough, this old man came up, so asked what I wanted, and I told him. I mean, he pulled up in an old raggedy truck, uh, dressed in old faded out bib overalls, you know, and I thought, you know, he says he's going to take it, and I thought, well, okay. And he, I'm telling you what, that old man pulled out a wad, I mean a wad of hundreds, like I have never seen in my life. <laughs> you know? So this goes to prove you can't judge a book by its cover. And that's what the essential of this we see here in regards to judgment. You know, that's why, you know, uh, and uh, that's why we have in our church are going in, uh, 1 Samuel 16, 7, is that uh, God looks on the outward appearance. I mean, God looks on Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got that backwards. But, um, and that's it. You know, God looks on the heart. And we're, we're bad about judging on appearance. That's kind of what we're getting at here, is not to judge on that appearance, but what is on the heart. And, you know, and so, and to further back this up, let me uh, give you a little something else here to look at. 
because people that's you know when you're talking about particularly if you're speaking out against homosexuality and that's when that's when people want to throw out don't judge don't judge. that's the main thing everybody wants to to throw out particularly when they uh, look at uh, matthew 7 1 do not judge that you will not be judged of course they misquote that lest you be judged but uh, Christians are often accused of judging whenever they speak out against sinful activity. However, that is not the meaning of the scripture. Verses that state, do not judge. There is a righteous kind of judgment we are supposed to exercise with careful discernment. When Jesus told us not to judge, he was telling us not to judge hypocritically. Matthew 7, 2 through 5 declares, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to a brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What Jesus was condemning here was hypocritical, self-righteous judgment to others. And you can look at uh, also John seven twenty four. There Jesus tells us to judge but to do so righteously. Righteously means to use the truth of the word to discern sins and not by appearance only. Right, so uh, clearly we are to judge, but we are to do it righteously. So when I was reading that this morning, I felt the need to expound on that because I feel like Christians need to have, uh, need to be armed. And particularly when we're debating those in the world because they want to throw, they think that they are being uh, superior by trying to twist and turn God's word back on us when we're trying to use scripture as a defense. And that's why we can emphatically say what you're saying is wrong and we are to judge. And, you know, because I get that all the time, you know, if I speak out on something controversial. And, uh, you know, of course, you, even, even when you explain it uh, scripturally, biblically, you know, I always still get the response of, well, my daddy told me not to judge and I'm not going to judge. <laughs> It's like, all right, little baby, we'll we'll get you, we'll uh, powder your behind and get you a sucker later, sit in the corner because you would rather stub up and act like a child than listen to the truth, you know, because you don't like it or agree with it. And that's a problem with a lot of people in this world. They think the Bible is relative; it is subjective. When it, in fact, that God's word is, is exclusive and it is not subjective. It is it, it God's word is static and it does not change. And whether it doesn't matter if you agree with it or like it or not, it is what it is. And people need to start standing up to that, and standing up with that, rather, and to those who oppose it. But see, we'll also go on and look down further past verse 10, and I come to a verse that we was reading at this morning, of focus, as I live, says Lord, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess God. All these people can deny, all these people can uh, make fun of us as Christians, they can make fun of our convictions, they can make fun of the Bible being fairy, tale, fairy tales, they can mock God as a sky daddy or the great spaghetti monster or, or whatever they want to do. Have at it. But here's the thing, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to God. And so they don't. So let them. Uh, you know, they, right now they think they're being really cute. They think they're self-righteous. They think they're smarter than everybody else and uh, thumbing their their nose down at us. But the fact remains, if they don't turn, they're going to burn. And uh, you know, they may say, "Well, that sounds a little harsh." Well, sometimes a little harsh reality uh, has to be said in order to get people's attention. You know, there's people in this world. You know, here in the South, we don't come out directly and say things. We we you know we try to be polite. And we try to say, you know, uh, you know, 
we don't want to offend somebody, so we try to be nice about something. You know, like somebody comes to your house after you eat dinner, hang out for a second, say, well, I guess we better get on. Oh, stay a while. Well, that's a bunch of bull. You don't want them to stay. You want them to go, right? <laughs> and so, you know, most people in the South said, oh, I better get going and leave. Those from the North would say, oh, okay, I'll stay a while. And the guy from the South thinking, I didn't really want you to stay. Get out of here, you know. And uh, so, you know, so there's some people that you just have to be blunt with. And I've had to do that uh, with, with people that I've been friends with. I'll just look out and say, listen, I got stuff to do. I'm tired. You need to leave. You know, you just have to be blunt, you know. And, and to other people, they're like, man, that's, that's just harsh. <laughs> Randy gets on me sometimes because I'm just, you know, if I need to do, got to go or do something, I say, listen, I ain't trying to be rude, but I got to go on. She's like, that wasn't right. You should have said it like that. I'm like, well, I can't help it. This person needs to know. I got to go. <laughs> so, you know, and, uh, so sometimes you have to be direct to get people's attention because you're subtle, they're not going to get it. And I think that's a problem with too many pastors or Christians. They want to be subtle because they don't, wow, we, we really shouldn't talk about hell. That, that might scare somebody. Well, they need to be scared of it because it is a reality. And it's going to happen if they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And they're going to burn for all of eternity with screams and things that they could possibly imagine. Well, we're uh, uh, getting to, uh, for those who are saved, get to enjoy eternity in heaven with no more sorrow, pain, loss, tears, a, a peace that's beyond our comprehension. That's where we get to spend eternity. So people need to realize and have a wake-up call of where you're going to be for all of eternity. And that's what we see here. So then each of us will give an account of, of himself to God. So each of us will have to give an account. However, we will have to give an account as Christians what we have done after we have been saved. For those who are not saved, they have to give an account for every single wrong thing that they have ever done. Our sins have been covered by the blood of Christ. Therefore, we are guaranteed our entrance into heaven. Those individuals who denied Christ, they thought they'd be cute making fun of Christians, they will burn for all of eternity. They'll be judged for all that they have done, and then they will be cast into hell. So people need to understand that, need to have that reality, and that's why we need to judge sinful actions. That's why we need to speak out against those things that are wrong and are contrary to the Word of God. We have to speak out against those things that are not glorifying to God. And I don't care if the whole world says, well, that hurts my feelings. You shouldn't be judging me. Well, get over it, all right? Because we, I'm tired of this pussyfooting around. I'm tired of weak-kneed, milk-toast Christians. I'm tired of this spineless behavior behind uh, preachers who refuse to get up there and preach the whole Word of God. Well, it's time we got to pull our heads out of our proverbial fannies and start making a stand and start being the warriors and the men and women we are called to be as in Christ Jesus. And uh, so we're going to start standing up against these things that are wrong. There's this whole homosexual agenda, this transgender, LGBT garbage, the pornography that's being pushed, uh, the whatever it may be that's being put in, per, perpetrated out there uh, by those in the world. We have got, or promoted rather, I should say, uh, those in the world. Uh, we have got to really uh, start taking a hard stand, people, and say, listen, uh-uh, this, is, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to happen. We don't believe this. It, our, our Bible is clear on this, and this is wrong, and we're not going to condone it. You're welcome to come to our church. You're welcome to, you know, and we want you to sit there as anybody else sits in that church. Hopefully you'll hear the truth. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will touch your heart and mind, and you'll come to know Jesus Christ, your personal and Savior. But don't expect us to condone and, uh, and pat you on the back and have you justify sins. We are there to help you with the conviction of sins. We're there to point you to the cross and the need of a Savior, and that's what we're there to do. And, uh, and the world may hate us, and so be it. But at least we know in our hearts we're doing the right thing. So, my friends, you've got to make those right judgment calls. We've got to get out there and get souls saved before it's too late. 
Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I just pray you be with us each and every day, and let us serve you well. Let us stand true and strong to our convictions. Lord, let us to may have the right discernment, and let us be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. Let us judge righteously. Let us judge in a way that is glorifying to you and what is the true doctrine of your word that is essential, that, Lord, let us let go of those things that are not essential and not judge someone by the by the cover or how they look, but uh, but the contents of their heart. And, Lord, for someone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide and watch over, protect us this day. Lord, I do pray that you'll be with the family of Roger Winters, Murph, Lord, uh, Lord, he'll be sincerely missed, and I pray that you will help ease this, ease this family's pain. I pray for Ginger Hood, and I pray for Troy and uh, Kim Penix and Wendy Lee. Uh, Lord, I pray for uh, so many uh, prayer requests and concerns I see each and every day on Facebook, and Lord, you know the hearts, minds, and needs. And it will be done in those situations. The Lord, just be with us. Lead us, God, and watch all protect us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I appreciate all you guys and gals watching this morning. Don't forget to tune in tonight at 7 o'clock for our Wednesday evening service, online service only. And uh, Lord willing, we'll continue our study in Deuteronomy. And uh, so I hope you'll join in and uh, be make for a great study. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching and God bless.